0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind in our red lipstick. I am your host Shay Elliot, joined by my beautiful friend Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. Hello. How are you today?
1: I am doing good. Are I'm you doing good? Yeah, I am good. Mm-hmm. All right, I believe you. I believe you in the thick of it, in the throes of it. Yes, you know summer, yes. and all that
0: summer and all that. Well, we're really close. We're what? Just a few days away from the first day of summer. Are
1: we really? 21st, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. I love it. But then the days start to get shorter and you're like, no, please slow down. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we are excited today to
0: talk to all of you listeners about just that, about summer days and children and what the heck we're doing here. With all these children during the summer. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: There's so many of them. There's so
0: many of them. But before we get into the meat of it, today's episode is brought to you by Jovial Foods. Jovial Foods is a company that supplies both Angela and I and all other homemakers with the most gorgeous baking flours and foods. Jovial is most well-known for their einkorn flour, which is a high-protein, weak gluten flour that bakes up so buttery and rich. This flour will make your homemade scones and breads and pies and cakes taste so much better. I'm not even making that up. This is proven time and time again in our own kitchens. Jovial Foods is a company that you will want to stock up your pantry with. So fill your shelves with their whole grain flours, all-purpose flours, Italian olive oils, jarred organic tomatoes, beans, pastas, snacks, and more. This is a company that has an extreme love for high quality ingredients, which is why we welcome them into our pantries and into our kitchens. Visit them at jovialfoods.com and you get free shipping, my friends, just for being a fabulous customer.
1: Hooray! Hooray! In the spirit of Better Not More, Shay and I are really encouraging each other and our listeners to buy less, but buy better. And I think Jovial speaks so well to that. And so does our precious, dare I say (laughs) precious? company american blossom linens precious because it's connected to sleep and that equals sanity american blossom linens is the bedding that shay and i sleep on and so do so many of our listeners we love our modern vintage sheets made from texas grown cotton no dyes no imported fabrics here and american blossom sheets are woven to literally last a lifetime So they start with the finest American cotton fibers are put through a process called combing that uses fine combs to pull out all the short fibers and anything that might be uncomfortable and impurities. And what is left are the longest, straightest ones that produce a much higher quality fabric. They get softer with each washing and they will quickly become one of your favorite investments into your home. So turn your home your bedroom into an organic chic oasis by using the promo code homemaker chic 20 and get an exclusive 20% off discount on your American blossom linens sheets. Just for listening to the show, American blossom We love you.
0: I wish we do. Uh, I have a funny story about this. Just just happened this morning. Okay. Clean the girl's room yesterday. And I put, I bought a pair of twin sheets from American blossom Mm -hmm. Put them on Georgia's bed because I'm having I'm fighting her to not sleep in her sleeping bag. There's something she rolls it out on her perfectly made bed that has a nice comforter, good pillows, And she insists on sleeping in her sleeping bag. I want to burn the thing. It's so disgusting. (laughs) Rancid. So yesterday I took it off and I put on these new twin sheets that I got from American Blossom. And I was like, you're going to sleep in your sheets tonight. I took your sleeping bag out. I want you to try them. And she came out this morning just rolling her head. And she said, Mom, those are
1: so nice. I actually want to sleep in them. I could yeah. never sleep anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My kids do that. They they get, especially the girls, the younger girls, they get very um, into their bed. So once it's made and it looks all nice, then they don't want to mess it up. So they do. They sleep on these like putrid baby blankets that they've had forever. They sleep Why? on top of the comforter. I'm like, Why? you're going to ruin it. Please don't do that. Please sleep underneath it. In their defense, it's the same thing. I'm going like room to room in the house, upgrading everybody to the American Blossom. And uh, they don't have theirs yet. So I think oh. I'll convert them to actually sleeping in yeah. their bed. But then, you know, you, like they're sleeping on top. You have to make sure they're clean, really clean because it's dirty know. little summertime feet. And no. yeah, it's just... It, bugs me. I'm like, get in the bed. My mom, when we were growing up, she would never let us go to bed with dirty feet. Oh, no. So, I line them up in the bathtub. I'm like, yep. even if you're not going to bathe, if you're too you're, wild wash to bathe, I'm washing wash your, hands, your feet. hands. Yep.
0: Wash your mouth. Yep. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. And a tick check. Well...
0: Yeah, exactly. Not here. (laughs) Gross. Uh, Our love comment for this episode is from Instagram and it is from Garden for Joy. Mm -hmm. this was so fitting none of us knew when you first started this podcast that we would all end up being quarantined within a short time of it being launched it really has been an amazing source of inspiration laughter encouragement and even tears for when we needed a good cry sesh so kudos to you ladies for being a bright spot in these troubled times we love you and will be anxiously awaiting season two cheers
1: but guess what we're in season two we're here It's episode two of season two. We're not and calling it Blur's Day anymore. No, that we're fun, moving on. But we are moving on. Yes.
0: And I, I loved this because we did. We all found ourselves quarantined together in the launch of this podcast. It was and so
1: weird. It was like, what it, did it happen? Like two weeks in.
0: Yeah, it was. And you know what? For every... I want you to know we we really do read these. We appreciate these love comments because for every one of these, there's another one that's like, <laughs> "You're a horrible person. <laughs> Go jump off a bridge." Right. Uh, wish I was joking, but I'm not. So thank you for sharing the love over on Homemaker Chic Podcast is our Instagram handle, as it were, and uh, we enjoy spending some time with you over there. That's a fun place to hang out. Lots it can be a fun place to hang out. Sorry. I said it can be a fun place to hang
1: out. <laughs> Another fun place to hang out is over on Patreon with us. And that is where we show each other lots of love. We have some fun new things for our patrons uh, this season. From, new, season. from last season. From last season, because we finally yes. got around to it. You know, <laughs> We have a new um, printable pit list for you. And mm. Shay has graciously shared with us her chore chart. That you it's color-coded, ladies. It's,
0: it's color-coded. color-coded
1: with checkboxes.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So you can join Patreon, and you can be a part of the show for $5 a month or $10 a month. You show your love. We show ours with digital copies of our cookbooks. We have a monthly party where yep. we hang out with our fangirls on a Zoom call. And I would like to let them know those ladies that were with us last month, they were asking about discord. They want a place where mm-hmm. they can all hang out as fellow homemakers. And my son, Aiden is going to get us all hooked up with that. So that will be a new perk on Patreon where you can just have a running conversation with all your fellow homemakers. And Shay and I will pop oh, in occasionally and it's going to be lots of fun. We'll have uh, we'll have a good time. Yes. How fun. Yeah. Shay, um yes. in that vein, as you say, I think we need to have a little good time right now and okay. cue our new cue wine music. The wine cue music. the wine music.
0: Today's What We're Sipping segment is brought to you by the one and only Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farms is an online wine subscription program that pairs organic, biodynamic, naturally yeasted, low sugar, lower alcohol wines from all over the world. So as Dry Farm customers, we get to share in their love for organic, naturally and traditionally made wines. We love them because their wine is delicious and it challenges and explores your wine palate in all the right ways. And their wine makes you feel good. So, as with all things, better not more, my good friend Angela. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which one do you subscribe to? The 3, 6, or 12 bottle? Monthly what subscription. You, <laughs> what do you
1: think? Sometimes I've had to run the 12 one twice. I'll be honest. I have the 12. So, okay. for the summer, um, I have six whites and six reds. That's what I do, too. And then for Here July, because uh, it's my birthday month, I, I will be adding a bubbly... I do the bubbly as well. I'm out of wine right now, and I just checked my email, and my Dry Farm order shipped. Thank you, Lauren.
0: It's coming. It's coming. Tomorrow. If you would like to try Dry Farm Wines, check out the link in the show notes uh, below this episode, because we have a special link for you down there. Well, I am not out of wine. What are you sipping, Shay? I am sipping. You know, this is one I've had a few times from Dry Farms. And I always choose it because it has a screw top. <laughs> <laughs> so you can open when it with just, your garden gloves on. That's when I what just you mean. can't be bothered <laughs> to find the wine cork because it's been a heck of a day outside uh, when I just need something, you know, super fast. Well, and this is a good reach for anyway, because this is a Heitlinger Riesling. Oh, you're gonna so you're going to have to a little bit more German stank Heitlinger. Thank you. Heitlinger. Um, yes. So we all think when I, when you think of Riesling, you should Mm -hmm. think of Germany. People, if you're very new, I learned this not that long ago. Just, just come to associate Germany with a Riesling because that's where a lot of good Rieslings come from. That's kind of what they're known for. I feel
1: like you have a, a butt monkey coming here. Is this a German Riesling? It is a German Riesling. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, but this
0: is. (laughs) No, this is a German Riesling. This is a 2018, apparently 2014 of this particular wine is like the vintage to have. Um, I could have had it and not known it because I'm really not that sophisticated, although I try to pretend to be. But this is, um, what's good about this one is it has this really summery fruit flavor. So some Rieslings can be really sweet and that is just not my jam. I don't like the sweet Rieslings. I don't either. I don't they eat. get very swampy and syrupy. This like, is not uh, they that They look like fuzz on your teeth, kind of. Yeah, I don't care This for is yeah. super tart. Like, mm. I would liken it to, like, a Granny Smith apple. That's Which what it tastes I'm like.
1: I'm eating right now.
0: Don't eat apples while I, we're recording well, our
1: podcast. Oh, my
0: gosh. I was hungry. No manners. No manners. <laughs>
1: I have manners. <laughs> my children... Before Um, you know it, she's going
0: to be belching into the microphone, scratching her armpits. Stop.
1: (laughs) I've come to the conclusion that my children don't have manners. Last night at dinner, I was looking around the table and I was thinking, where have I gone wrong? (laughs) I always felt bad. I always feel bad correcting them while they're eating. They're trying to enjoy their their meal. But dang, last night I'm like, okay, this is part of summer school because Mm, God forbid a guest was at our table. Well, funny you mentioned that because my- my, I did that on
0: purpose. Oh, way to segue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My father-in-law is here and he is here for a couple weeks hanging out with us, which I'm so excited about because he's up visiting from Georgia. He hasn't been up to visit us here in Washington for seven years. Mm. And so we are very excited to have him, but- He's raised four children. He was a minister for 30 years. He was involved in education for, I don't know, many decades. And um, we were sitting around the table last night. And at some point in the dinner, like, the kids just get up. And they just start running around like hooligans around the table. And two of them are wrestling on the floor. And, you know, I just thought, is he okay with this? Because he's their grandfather? Or, like... Is he like, oh, that daughter-in-law of mine, she's really dropping off the rails. She's really going off the rails here. Hmm. But um, yeah, let's let's get into this. Let's get into schools out for summer. Or is it? Or is it? I'm gonna move my chair here, so. Okay, well, at least you're not scratching your armpits. You're not scratching my armpits,
1: picking my butt, anything like that.
0: Don't say that. We say bottom in this house.
1: Oh boy.
0: Scratching your bottom. We have to say it like that too. Bum. Scratching your bum. Mm -hmm. A little scratch in your bum. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, Okay. I want to talk about this big time because we have this overarching idea that school is something that is done at school. Mm -hmm. Teaching is something that's done at school. Instruction is something that's done at school. And one of the reasons when I first dove into home education, I really felt a gravitational pull towards a Charlotte Mason-esque type of schooling. And I think a major reason for that is her idea of where schooling occurs, Mm -hmm. what's involved, and how it's done.
1: Right. So if you don't know, you know, not all of our listeners obviously know Charlotte Mason. She's a turn-of-the-century educator and very simply put, um, believe that education is an atmosphere. So it's not something that happens within the confines of a room or within the confines of certain hours. It's an environment. It's a posture. I like right. to think of it as a posture. Like, are we? Oh, I
0: love that word. Um, I think about that often, too. Like you, you hear the term, the posture of prayer. Mm-hmm. Those days where you don't sit down and devote a bunch of time to prayer, but you're, you're kind of. Constantly in this posture of just like, help. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, that's that's sort of how we have come to view education in our house. So it's not, you know, I grew up in just the public school system and it was I didn't learn to love learning Mm -hmm. for learning's sake. It was just learn the learn the information, learn to regurgitate it on a test very well you know learn to
1: to pay the piper as it were. Mm-hmm. So you went strictly public school. Strictly public school all the way through. Yeah. I did well all 3 private,
0: home and public. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what did you what were your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts now looking back?
1: Um I hated school. I I actually this is gonna be controversial. So don't email me. I wish I would have even just dropped out of high school. I hated it. I was a self-educator and I yeah, I could have anything that was taught to me in that building, I could have easily done in my room, gotten a job. I'm extremely entrepreneurial, as you know. And I it was it was sheer misery. Like it made mm-hmm. me depressed. Mm-hmm. Um homeschooling was not the was not the experience I'm trying to give my kids. It was just kind of like, here's a textbook. It was very much read it, fill in the blank, go check in, take tests, come home. Um, Yeah. I didn't like that either. My, my private school, I, I enjoyed, I had good teachers. Um, But it was, you know, my parents were just, it was kind of like really sporadic in one out of one. Um, But anytime I would, come then in contact with the teacher, They that would be like the report. She has such an appetite for learning. Like I can't keep up with her. And so it mm-hmm. kind of stunk because I was bored. Yeah, bored. I'm not I'm not like super intelligent. Like I'm not a, like a math whiz, but I do love history. I love art. I love reading and yeah. culture and things like that. It wasn't like I, I could, like I was the science wizard or something like that. But my appetite to learn was one that couldn't be kept up with within a classroom. Mm -hmm. So, yes,
0: I identified with that as well. When I was in high school, I like you hated it. I hated the socialness. I hated the mostly the socialness. Mm -hmm. I hated it. The Mm -hmm. clicks, the pressure, the eating lunch together in a cafeteria would throw me into like an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. You know, like, where are we going to sit? That whole thing. Oh
1: my gosh. Where are we going to sit? It makes me like,
0: it feels terrible just thinking about it. So when I was a junior in high school, I did running start. I did running start my junior and senior year. So when mm-hmm. I graduated from high school, I didn't go to the high school at all. My last two years, I just did the community college here. <sighs> and that had its bite as well, because yeah. I was a 16 year old girl, Yeah. you know, but, but edu- social stuff aside, mm-hmm. educationally, I loved the challenge. You know, mm. it was a different environment. The professors aren't there to coddle you. You mm-hmm. show up, you do your work, you know, and you can kind of work through the motions. So I loved the the push of it. I would take massive loads and add on extra classes because like you, I would just get very bored. I, I didn't mind doing the work, um, but the way in which it was presented. So switching from that to homeschool for our children, Mm-hmm and And really saying, "Okay, it's not the test. it's not the school building. it's not the the strict regimen of um curriculum. it's this posture of learning that was like way too woo for me okay <laughs> i I needed some like some nice German lines in that right in that method, <laughs> right." So when I first was introduced to Charlotte Mason and she's like, go outside and and look at the birds and, you know, <laughs> sit down and do some watercolor. And I'm like, come on, lady. We got stuff to do here. But mm-hmm. the Lord likes to soften our hearts towards things. And this mm-hmm. was definitely one of those things. And since we've sort of dove into this as a family, it makes something like the idea of, you know, air quotes here, summer school. Yeah uh, a doable and, and b exciting really because you're fostering this rich environment. So what's, what does that kind of look like for your family? I know we're kind of, diff- we differ on this a little.
1: Yeah. Just- well, we just, we just sort of wrapped up, petered out, <laughs> however you want to put it. <laughs> um,
0: the, there was no blazing across the finish line. Oh, no,
1: no. <laughs> I, I marvel at other homeschool moms are like, we're going to double up for the last six weeks and we're going to be. I'm like, wow, we're throw a big party. That's cool. Because I don't and I don't know if maybe I don't have that like beginning. And I mean, there's definitely a beginning. But because of like what we're talking about today, like just this, the education is continuing for the summer, but it's just taking on a little bit less kitchen table structure. In a little our different house, form. For sure. So there's a whole lot of nature and art and music. Somebody is always okay, playing the wait, piano. Like wait, There's a lot of stuff going on here. You got
0: to. Yeah. Let's hold. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let's take uh, let's take art. Mm-hmm. What does art look like for you guys in summer school? Uh, we need a better out. word. We need a better word. I, than yeah. Summer
1: school. I mean, it, it's summer learning. Can we just cool summer learning. learning? Sure. Okay. Everything is out and accessible. So, um, Monet style. Yeah, I, I made, uh, my, I have a blessed to have this greenhouse space and I don't need all of it. So I turned half of it into what I call my studio. So I have easels and watercolor brushes and pots and little bowls with paints in them and stacks of paper and, um, I put a table out there for the kids. I would prefer that they did their art in the schoolroom, but I understand they're like me. They want to look at the garden while they're mm-hmm. painting, you know? Um, so they, everything's available and yes. all they have to do is clean up after themselves, which is a lesson mm-hmm. in its own. Yes. But, um, I got to tell you, it's fascinating just giving them that open door and saying, this is what you can do. Here's yeah. some books. Here's some inspiration. Here's a garden. There's a dead butterfly. (laughs) The pieces of art that I find laying around the house are amazing. They move my heart when I see that they attempted like perspective. Mm -hmm. My gosh, Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a big deal. It is to, to be able to take something in your mind and put it down on paper or duplicate something that that isn't just something that's art for art's sake, you know, being able to replicate something, duplicate something that that's going to come in handy in so many other areas. I think it's just so easy with education to think this is this and that is that. And everything is compartmentalized. And what I try to do is keep it free flowing. Right. Uh, Not weird, just not compartmentalized.
0: Just a little, a little looser, a little Mm -hmm. looser on that. Yeah, Yeah. We do a very similar thing with art watercolors is our choice of medium Mm -hmm. for right now because the kids would get out of control if we were to bring out acrylics or something. No way. I know. No way. Because we can still buy the little kids, you know, just the regular little watercolor palettes from. Right. Target or whatever. Oh, and they're And ecstatic. they do, and they do yeah. great with that. Georgia's expanded beyond that, but she's been doing some art classes online with a tutor focusing mm-hmm. on on drawing and on watercolor. And so I've upgraded her to a Hobby Lobby palette <laughs> of watercolors and some nicer brushes. So that's something we often do. You know, Stu and I will just sit down and we're, I'm not a painter. I don't know mm-hmm. anything, but I do feel that need to creatively sometimes I see something. It's just so beautiful. I want to try to capture it and give an artistic spin to it. So I love the idea of having a little art space just set up for a certain type of art, not to be confused with crafting, which involves pipe cleaners and super glue and
1: googly eyes. My mom gave Anais a jug of glitter. Why would she do that? I'm like, because Anais's favorite color is glitter. I'm like, of course. thanks, mom. It's yeah. like this big <laughs> she could literally ruin the entire property, it, and we would never recover. <laughs> oh, well, I um, you know, kind
0: of in that vein of, so, okay, let me mm-hmm. back up just a second. One of the things that that Charlotte Mason talks about in fostering an environment of creativity kicks back to exactly what you said, which is having the types of things around them that ignite creativity. So for Anais, having glitter Mm -hmm. probably ignites all kinds of ideas in her brain about what she wants to do with that jug of glitter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For you or I, you know, walking past, walking past my watercolor brushes when I see them out. I want to just sit and I want to use them even Mm -hmm. if just for a little moment, but it expands beyond that even. So Charlotte Mason talks a lot about um, having musical instruments, which is another thing that you touched on Mm -hmm. having instruments out that people, I mean, even if it's a penny whistle, which make them play it outside, but, but the idea is, is this something I could pick up and tinker with? And fool around with and and sort of get my feet wet with or maybe explore an idea with. Um, And there's lots of ways to do that. But musical instruments is a great one. So we have a little baby grand piano in our living room that was given to us by a friend moving out of town. And I'm surprised how often the kids will just sit down and just plunk away at it. I mean, a couple of them take piano lessons. A couple of them are too young still. But even the ones that are really young, they still will sit down. And just mm-hmm. plunk on the keys. Um, what else Stu also he's got his guitars, which are his precious. My so precious. You can only play daddy's guitars with daddy present. Okay. Uh, what else do you guys keep around in terms of music besides just um, playing good music?
1: Yeah, we we play music a lot. Uh, the the pianos, they're right in the middle of the living room. We have guitars everywhere. Nobody knows how to play them. But they try. We have a couple ukulele. We have, uh, I don't know quite how to say this, uh, melodica. Okay. Uh, It's this instrument. When we went to see Jan Tiersen in concert last year, it's an instrument that he uses. He uses a variety of instruments. And it's like a little keyboard that goes out in front of you and you blow. Is it a keytar? No, it's called a melodica. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. I'm just joking.
0: Okay, I know what you're talking about.
1: And you blow on it and it makes like an. it sounds like an accordion.
0: Yeah, I saw it on uh, Zach Hansen's Instagram
1: once. Okay, and it's so beautiful. So we have that. I would like an accordion. I want an accordion so bad. I can't even tell you. Do you know how to play the accordion or you just want to learn? I'd figure it out. I want to learn so desperately. I'd figure it out. My kids used to play the violin. They hated it. (laughs) Mm, Shame. Which is too bad because they were they were getting... Pretty good. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I was going to say something else about the I, art. You know, as far as like sitting with art or a musical instrument, um, I think it's so, so vital for kids to be able to just like sit and have their own thoughts and not always be filled with somebody else's thoughts or chaos, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I see them do that when they talk away with, with a sketch pad or something, right. That's them working things out in their mind. And if they just go sit, like, think about what it feels like to a child to go sit and play a piece at the piano. Like Mm -hmm. they're making music. That's just so cannot be underestimated how Mm -hmm. important that is for their brain, what it's doing for their, their brain development.
0: Mm -hmm. I try to tell myself that when Owen goes out to my garden, and overturns every rock oh, that's bordering yeah. my garden, he will be out there for hours, quiet, observing, mm-hmm. poking, prodding. I mean, he's looking for bugs. This is my mm-hmm. uh, anything that creeps or crawls or slithers or croak, like this is his jam. Mm-hmm. Thank you, wildcrats, which was our science curriculum for many moons. Um, but it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Does the drive crazy. Rocks. I'm like, just get yeah. the rocks back.
0: Could you just, okay. could you go like find some other rocks like that aren't supposed to be in a certain form with moss growing around them and you know, seeds planted amongst them. Could we just not do that? <laughs> but like you said, his, the processing that's going on there while he's just spending time outside quietly looking at bugs, mm-hmm. you know, and watching them move and he'll come in and he'll draw them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so beautiful to give kids that space, to think and I'll just say it and I'll be the very unpopular one here. When you give your child, don't look at me like that. I'm on I'm, 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 I'm pins
1: and needles. You, you know
0: what's coming. When you give your child a screen, it kills their imagination. It kills their imagination. And granted, there are good resources on screens mm-hmm. and we can talk about some of those. Um I just said Wildcats was my science curriculum and I meant mm-hmm. it. There was a there was a school year where I would let them watch an hour of Wildcats while I made dinner and they would learn about creatures and how they lived and they still restite stuff from it, so I'm fine for that. But there is also what Charlotte Mason calls twaddle. <laughs> you wanna talk about twaddle? Twaddle. Most screen is, consumption is twaddle.
1: Yeah, I call it grade B entertainment. <laughs> Grade B entertainment. I like Twaddle better. Twaddle is good. Okay, like, here's my snobby example of Twaddle. Vintage Thomas the Train episodes, good. Modern, modern episodes <laughs> of Thomas the Train all jacked up and animated, squeaky, squeaky voices and horrible. Twaddle.
0: The Vintage. Wage Mickey
1: Mouse Club, good. Yes. Modern Mickey Mouse Club, with glaring colors that gives your child a headache and makes mom want to kill herself, twaddle. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think that was quite
0: Charlotte Mason's definition. I'm just telling you. Um, here, just okay, so here's bad. an example. Here yeah. would be an example. I, there is there is twaddle in our home for sure. Um, Nancy drew books. They get okay. they start good. They get a little twaddly. Um, The newer ones? Not really, just, uh, when we say twaddle, something that's not enriching to the minds. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like white bread. Okay? It does its job, but, like, it's not super great. Right. Okay? So, the first Nancy Drew books start out really great, and there's these these mysteries and problem solving. Mm-hmm. And then as they go on, cause there's a lot of them, it gets there's a little a lot. It gets a little like romancy and emotional tweeny drama kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember Amelie complaining about that. She's like, look, we went from like mysteries in Scotland to like, yeah, stuff, you know, yeah,
0: just not quite enriching in the same way. Mm-hmm. But we keep the Nancy Drew catalog on our shelves. I think George has read them twice. Mm hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that there's, there is a place for some of that, but on the whole, uh, twaddle, it doesn't stretch your children's mind. It doesn't enrich it. So even if you are going to put a screen in front of the kids, which let's be honest, we do, we do. Right. Um, what is going in? And I think that, especially like we're talking about summer, summer school, quote unquote, um, if we're going to involve
1: screens, what's a good way to do that?
0: We um, should, we should, we should my, explore that idea.
1: Yeah, my kids love documentaries. Like, okay, like what? Love kind? A, like a nature documentaries. Nature where the killer whale like, like
0: breaches onto the shore and grabs the seal and explodes it in blood.
1: Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those? It's disgusting. No, I'll pass. Pops it like a crouton. Yeah, uh They like they like bug ones, you know. Was a, there used to be some bug show that they watched, killing killer creatures or something. I don't okay. know. Okay, yeah. They they loved that. Yes. They love they love the history ones, like like they watch like Romanov, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Romanov dynasty. But that's
0: that's you a know, perfect example, yeah. of something that you know you get. They get their screen time. You get your quiet time. Mm-hmm. Making dinner, whatever, being out in the garden, but it's not dumbifying, for lack of a better word,
1: <laughs> their minds. Right. I use um Crash Course History on YouTube to yes. I don't use it like as an intro. I use it to back up what I've already said. Do you know I what I mean? Yep. So if I, I do. introduce a something that happened in history or something, then we'll refer to Crash Course History. Sure. and... They're fun and they've like Get a little, yeah. science and yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good idea. But on the whole, when I think about summer, I think about just things a little bit more unstructured, mm-hmm. which just leaves space for so much more creative, creative activity. So, um, my charge to myself and, and what I would encourage the charge to the listeners would be is just to, to not rely on the screen. Because, you know, the things that kids do that irritate us, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: bicker with each other mm-hmm. or fight or poke and prod each other. And, you know, and by the end, they're just kind of at each other's throats. Are these yeah. just my children or no? Oh, no. Okay. Did you hear okay. me growl? <laughs> <laughs> for, for our family, my experience and grievously has been the more screen time that they have, the worse those traits get.
1: Oh yeah. And them. It's just, it just rots their so character. It I don't rots know how it, I don't know how character. it happens. It's like clockwork.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So it can be this double-edged sword. Cause you feel like, Oh, okay. I just need a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to just give them this little special treat. And then what happens is you actually end up creating more of the things you don't want to be around. <laughs> right. So it, 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 it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I usually, I mean, they watch movies in the evening in the summer. That's, You know, they're on a Harry Potter bender. They listen to the books during the day and then Mm -hmm. watch the movies in the evening, which is okay with me because I'm pooped and I'm watching the Durell's Corfu. (laughs) So good. Like a binge watcher. Um, but yeah. But otherwise, you know, maybe a couple times a week, I will they'll ask if they can watch Andy, and it's usually while I'm trying to make dinner. Andy, uh, Andy Griffith. And I'm fine with that. Because there's really good really good character traits and stories and they laugh and giggle. And I like for them to see something that's a little bit more simple and old fashioned, but that's usually the extent, you know, it's not winter time Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of screen temptation going on. So yes, yes. (laughs) A little bit different. I try to keep them supplied with like, like you know outside of art supplies you know i'm I'm always like do you get who needs a fishing pole whose fishing pole is broken you need a bucket Uh you need Uh a uh a A bicycle a sheet to make a tent in the yard you know like what do you need you know so yeah
0: well i uh i took one for the team the other day and i taught georgia how to crochet okay and if any (laughs) if any of you uh have a particularly strong-willed child who knows everything. <laughs> you know how challenging it can be to teach them something new. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things I just sort of, I buried my heels and I was like, I'm going to I am gonna do this. I want her to have this skill. I know that I'm a much happier uh, and more enjoyable person to be around when my hands can be busy. I'm not an idle hands person. I'm not like a sit still and ponder life kind of a person. Mm-hmm. George is not either. So, I went to this antique store and got this. Uh, do you remember the sewing baskets they used to have? I have one from my great grandmother. I'd never seen another one. But they're like fabric sides with a wooden frame around it, and they fold up. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'll post a picture on Instagram. So okay. Can yeah. Do I've never seen one like that? I found one in an antique store, and it was full of just old lady yarns. Oh like, yeah. You know this and that. <laughs> all kinds of stuff, Get got her a crochet needle. And we sat down and we YouTubed it because sometimes instruction can be better coming from somebody else. Mm-hmm. I taught her the basics. We backed it up with YouTube. And uh, before long, she was making scarves and um, she's working through a cotton ball of yarn right now to make dishcloths. And Fun. I ordered her this crocheted animal book
1: from Amazon. Oh yeah, my girls have that one. They yeah. love
0: it. Yeah. So that she can, you know, have a, she lo- loves to give gifts to people. She's mm-hmm. s- just so sweet in that. And so she wants to make, you know, crocheted animals for all of her friends. But you know, we talked about having things around that foster creativity, stuff to do when you're not quite sure what to do with your kids, mm-hmm. um, when it's really, really hot outside and you can't really be outside or can't be swimming somewhere. Um, crocheting and knitting and sewing are all really, really good things to set your children on, boys or girls. Um, right. Stu was taught to crochet when he was a young boy. I wasn't taught how to do either. I've taught myself later in life, but my friend Natalie, in sort of recognizing this, this same thing over the summer, has started a sewing club. Oh, cool. And this is such a fun idea. For any of you who do know how to sew or know somebody who knows how to sew, it's, you know, tween age girls from our church Mm-hmm. We go to Natalie's twice a month, and every girl. What's the old uh, Susie Sunbonnet? The old quilt with the little girl that has the big bonnet over her head. You would recognize Holly, it if Holly you saw Albee? it. No, her name's Susie Sunbonnet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so you cut it out. You, they choose their fabrics. They cut it out. They stick it on, and then they learn to blanket stitch. So every girl's learning how to thread needles and do these different types of stitch. The best part about this is the first day they learn the stitch, they come home with their homework, you know, to, to practice their stitching Mm -hmm. twice. Georgia sewed her patch to her pants because she was so focused on getting the stitch, right? She had it sitting on her lap and she would, you know, she was being so careful and, uh, I had to cut it off of her jeans and she had to start over twice.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. (laughs) But great things. Great things for your
0: girls to know. Skills that they can take on into their life. Something to do with their hands Mm -hmm. so that they don't poke their brother in the eye.
1: Here, I was just going to tell you. You just said poke your brother in the eye. All my children carry a knife. (laughs) They do. They all carry a knife. And it's so cute because they always have it. Do you have your knife? Do you have your knife? I lost mine, but they, they always have one and it always comes in handy and uh, they don't poke each other with it. They're actually very responsible, which is shocking. But <laughs> I came around the corner outside a uh, day before yesterday and Amie Lee was sitting on the stoop and was whittling knitting needles for herself. There you go. So she went into the woods and found two perfect sticks and she whittled them into like razor sharp knitting needles and she's making a scarf. And fabulous. That is so freaking fabulous. Cool. Okay. I don't know if I can stand it. <laughs> Let's, and they're going to, they, they, I told them, I'm like, we will get out the sewing machine. I know it's been a few months, but we'll get it out. We'll make some skirts for the summer. And, yes. you know, maybe Juju can learn how to make shorts or something like that. But, um, There is something about the fabric because that is so interesting to children. You know, we have the iron on things and they do the stitching, um, you know, like they iron on like a tea towel or a pillowcase or something. Or if their jeans wear out, I will give them a swatch of fabric and they'll make like cute patches. Mm they will stitch them on themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cute. It's darling.
0: I, I don't really know how to do that stuff that well. And I would love to learn, but I'm just not sure I can take on another hobby right now.
1: Yeah, but I if can't I knit, did, or crochet, but I can sew. It would, be, I would
0: yeah. be. See, I can do those. Can't sew. I would love yeah. to be able to sew to be able to make um, some of those things. But I had a point and then I lost it. Oh, oh did, I, yes. did I eat it? No, it's okay. Say, so, Amelie whittling knitting needles. I know some listener out there is going. Shut up! You guys are stupid. That's not <laughs> what my kids do. That's not what they want to do. That's yeah. not how they would react to having free time. Right. Uh, so you don't even know what you're talking about. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. So let's talk a bit about um, how you get your kids to to that place where they can do that. Because I think the misconception is that they came out of the womb like this. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not. It takes lots of great mom- <laughs> Neglect and pushing them outside <laughs> for kids yeah. to to be able to foster this creativity, and I mean I I'm joking obviously, but but also <laughs> kids have to have space and they have to have training. Like you actually have to train them to be wild or creative or content outside.
1: Yeah, a bit, I think so, and. It- you know, the natural inclination is our everyone's natural inclination is laziness. You know, it's that's just easier. Everybody, it's we're geared up to take the easy way out for for the most part, mm-hmm. and and structure too. Like it's easier for
0: us to say, okay, kid, from this time to this time, you have gym, gymnastics. From this time to yeah. this time, you can have TV time. From this time, then we have a play date, and you know, right, right. That's, so I, that's almost easier.
1: You know, sadly, mom and dad have to set an example. And be interesting people themselves, (laughs) you know, seriously, if, if, if mom and dad have the TV on blaring in the background 24 seven, what do you expect? You know, and if, or don't have hobbies or, or don't, you know, my create, my kids come around the corner and find us doing things. And then that's where we have to pause and go and tuck them under our arm and say, okay, here's how you do this. And they develop an interest And they go off on their own and do it themselves. It's not, I mean, not that you have to teach a kid to be a seven year old boy to be interested in bugs. But Mm -hmm. as parents, we really do have to set an example. This isn't like, well, you have to quiet quiet their environment enough to the point where they would find bugs. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And and give them
1: the jars and, you know, it it does take some sacrifice on mom's part. You got to, take a few minutes and nail holes into the top of a ball jar so he can collect them or make sure that he has a butterfly net or, you know, we've got mm-hmm. cocoons in our house. Like mm-hmm. is, it's, mm-hmm. there's always something hanging from a branch ready to hatch or, mm-hmm. you know. So you so really it,
0: identify with uh, Jerry and the drills. I identify. Of, no, yeah, I,
1: I'm sorry. He's your voice. <laughs> that, that show I know. is, it's like our family. Ami Lee watches it with me and we lean on each other's shoulders and cry because it's like being in our house. (laughs) The chaos and people storming in and the drama. And every time the mom goes like this with her Uh hair, I die. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I loved that show.
1: Yeah. Um, As far as bigger kids, okay. So, I mean, I, fair enough, what you said. Yeah. But it's like anything else we talk about on this show. It, Training. We, we are really getting down to discipline and intentionality. Right. A, a clean home doesn't just happen. You, you don't just wake up with red lips on, and and your kids don't just go out and whittle knitting needles. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's just it is what it is. It just takes some intentionality. It, just, it does, and and patience, and and discipline. Yeah. And 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 a wide margin of chaos. Okay. Yeah. You got. I tell you, be you, willing to have the chaos. And quite frankly even though the TV or whatever does instigate maybe bad behavior or bad character traits, it, it does contain the chaos, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's exactly what you it does. You can't have and it
0: both ways, yeah. you know? And sometimes you, you just them. need to control the chaos. Sometimes like if, if we're really pushing for some reason, we've talked about this, I go out, I bust it all day in the garden. I come inside, I slam some computer workout, I go back outside, work in the garden. I'm like, we should have somebody over for dinner. Like, why? Right. (laughs) Why tonight, Shay? Why is that when you feel inspired? Um, So there are times where in a situation like that, I'll just be like, okay, fine. Go put a show on. Right. Just let me slam through the house, get supper on. And then I can, you know, have some space to breathe in this a little bit. So like you said, it's, you're controlling the chaos. You're keeping it pocketed in a little bit. And there's Mm -hmm. a place for that. Uh, And guilt-free. Just, uh, I think my encouragement if you're gonna utilize that would just to be put on something good, you know, put on Andy Griffith. Both of our kids love Andy Griffith. Um, put on something that, you know, just gives them a love for something or an understanding of something. Old Disney mm-hmm. stuff is great, you know. Uh, Will watched Fox and the Hound one time, came up to me deeply sobbing. dev I mean, oh, so big. Yeah. And this is like <sighs> little sweet five-year-old Will. I almost died he was so cute but i thought that is not twaddle you know when you when when a story and friendship and sacrifice and death and Mm -hmm. all this stuff um it's good to feel those things it's good to to learn to handle those emotions you know so my encouragement would just to be if you're going to put something in front of them make it something good make it something that sparks creativity sparks you know emotion humanness something something good something enriching mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a bug documentary, that's great. Right. Um, or YouTube videos on how to crochet. Yeah, Great. Learn, learn a new stitch, you know, right. go watch this lady because that's great. And I don't have to do it.
1: <laughs> okay. What about big kids? Like, cause that's my challenge. You know, after, yeah. I'm at least 12 and, and Aiden is uh, 15. 15 now as of last week, 15. Um. <sighs> yeah. So, I'm actually, uh, it looks like I'm going to hire him uh-huh. for the summer. Okay. And I'm going to pay him. Okay. Because he wants a job and I really don't want to schlep him all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have him here. Mm-hmm. And I need stuff done. Yeah. Um. So, I'm going to put him to work, but it's not going to be just, um, he's not going to like muck out a stall. Like, he's going to learn to do stuff, you know. Yeah. Whether it's, um, and, and he knows how to do things, whether it's, you know, get better at Detailing my car or my, my truck basic or basic carpentry whatever. or something. Yeah. The other day, the other day, not the other day. I always do that. About four weeks ago, he <laughs> built me an arbor for my roses. And I just said, hey, here's what you're going to do. Here's a drill. Here's the screws. Go out and find some sticks. I want it to look like this. I suggest you lay it out in the driveway before you... Mm -hmm. Screw it together. Mm -hmm. And he did it. And it's really super basic, but it's so charming. It totally goes with my garden. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, next project is going to be a bike rack because we have a a community garden here that has the cutest bike rack made out of branches. And I want one. Oh, my gosh. It's so adorable. So that's going to be next. I mean, there is no denying teenagers are more challenging. You know, (sighs) they're not they're not digging under rocks like they used to. Dang. But they're still interested. Like, Aiden's a frog holic. Yeah. And we're building these ponds outside. And he came around the corner the other day. He's like, oh, this is going to be really cool, isn't it? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> this Hello. is going to be cool. <laughs> we spend so, so much time staring at tadpoles, it would blow hours of our day are consumed <laughs> by just staring at tadpoles. It's ridiculous.
1: We have, like, uh, <laughs> Libby. Uh, Libby Lul is the French word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dragonfly larva and okay, all sorts of good stuff, you know, yeah. going on it's in there. So. so fun. Um,
0: I don't have teenagers, so I don't know. But I have said to Stu multiple times, and this has been my prayer, Lord, if you are ever going to take Stuart from me in some sort of tragic event, please not until the kids are through their teenage years. Please, please, please. <laughs> because um, especially with the boys, you know, Stuart is a, is a very skilled, just jack of all trades, as it were. Mm-hmm. He can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, just skilled with his hands and able to work. And exactly like you said, the way I imagine it going is this taking under the wing and saying, okay, now it's time for you to learn how to frame a wall. It's time for you to learn how to hang drywall or Mm -hmm. build a stone fence. Or, um, you know, I'm thinking about this because while we don't have teenagers, I've hired my niece for the summer who's 17. Mm. She comes up to the farm and does all kinds of stuff. Sometimes she cleans out the chicken coop Other times she weeds and she's learning how to grow food. She's learning how to thin carrots and how we dig the rows and she's doing weeding. Did I mention weeding? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of weeding involved, (laughs) but it's these, you know, just sort of traits that she can learn. And she's kind of walked along through us and helping us move the cows and setting up temp fence and, you know, just skilled stuff that is really fun to foster. But again, It takes time and she could be doing that. She could also be working at a coffee shop for the summer. Right. You know, so I'm I'm super thankful to have her here. So, um, I guess that's sort of how I see it going is just Mm -hmm. the same kind of idea, but on an amplified level. Mm -hmm. Um, we are like mowing through our time. So we got to hit on a few other things. So we're painting outside, we're playing musical instruments, we're fostering c- creativity. If we're doing screen time, we're not doing twaddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're learning how to do things with our hands, building, exploring, crocheting, painting, whatever. Um, books. Books are big for us in the summertime. Um, a great resource, if you guys want to check them out, is Sarah. Ma- Her name's Sarah McKenzie, and she does this book lists called Read Aloud Revival. And it's all about having the books that teach you, you know, the history. They're not twaddle. Mm-hmm. A lot of thought has gone into these book lists. So if you're not sure what books to order your kids to have around to read as a family, read aloud or or even just get on Audible, some of the list she, books she recommends, I just get them. And we listen to audiobooks while we're doing whatever. Uh, yeah. Check that out. Read aloud revival because she has amazing lists of books that are meant to enrich the mind very charlotte approach to that
1: cool we, we're big on the audiobooks like it, um, audiobooks we switched i think i've mentioned the, mentioned this last season we switched to sunlight curriculum for our older kids and then i'll be doing a little bit more of that with everybody this fall and so we switched sort of mid-year so aiden still has a big stack of book it's literature based um And so like for the summer, like right now, he's on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So just get it on Audible. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. Then listen to it, you know, while you're putzing with your technology or whatever. Just just have it on. And that actually brings
0: out a good point, because for people like Aiden, who don't like to sit still, I'm the same way. That's why I'm not a good reader. I cannot sit and not And he and doesn't read. love to read. It breaks I can't. my heart. Reading is not his favorite. I yeah. like to listen. I like the books. I like the literature. Mm. I cannot sit still to listen to, or to read stuff. Okay. So when you listen, you can be whittling wood or knitting mm-hmm. or, you know, doing something with your
1: hands. It's such a good resource for kids like that. Right. Right. So we do. The kids listen to a lot of audiobooks. That's good. That's definitely going to be a thing this year. And then we're right around the corner, you know, speaking of bugs, we are a monarch family (laughs) and that's a big deal for us. And so we're right around the corner from monarch season and it's kind of this whole family thing. The kids have contests on who can launch the most monarchs and they grow on the milkweed uh, on the roadside. You know, that's where they lay their eggs. And what what they do here in Door County is it's kind of like a big even community effort Is before they do the second mowing, everybody goes and gets all the eggs off the milkweed and takes them home to to grow these monarchs. And it's Mm, really cool. That's awesome. It's really cool. So we have them like they'll be hanging in the greenhouse and then the kids are always watching to see when one is going to emerge. And we take it outside and we Mm -hmm. have a launching and flies off. It's just like so cool. And it's really become We started back in Illinois and it's really become a a tradition. Yeah. And what's cool, like here it's a community supported tradition. It's a thing. People, people do it. People love their monarchs. They love their monarchs. And they find like a dead one or one that didn't make it, everybody's sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we bring it inside and we like press it in my flower book or the kids paint it or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I wonder if our listeners have any feedback on these books. I'm thinking for smaller kids, but I saw them on Instagram the other day and they're called the Tuttle Twins. And hmm, it's, I don't think just I've ever as, heard of them. It's, you know, they're, they're advertised as concepts that aren't taught in school anymore. And it's just um, like, there's one on entrepreneurship, entrepreneurialship. one, Easy on for you inflation, to say. Ex- seriously. Inflation, economics, kindness, critical thinking, um, just like, look, I'm slightly intrigued for, yeah. for the younger ones. I like to have just stacks of books in a series that they can just sit around and big time mill through, big you time. know, mm-hmm. so we keep
0: a lot of coffee table books around for that reason. So it could be on sharks or, you know, oh, yeah. insects or I, I saw this one I really wanted to order. It was like, you know, dresses in the 18th century. And it was just these really beautiful images drawn, obviously. Um mm-hmm and i thought even that having books around like that to just mill through
1: poke around yeah, in yeah i have we, we have a lot of coffee, like yeah a big honkin one on the history of fashion the girls love to go through yeah and we go to the libraries and you know those um i don't know if they're usborne or whatever those white encyclopedia books that mm-hmm. like sharks mhm mm-hmm. the, oh, the titanic whatever totally. whatever like i buy those every time i see them and yeah. just everywhere Yep. Those are so so great. And it
0: just goes back to having things around. Um, A big one we rely on in the summer too is Legos and puzzles. Again, something busy to do with your hands, something Mm -hmm. that sparks creativity, something constructive, um, something quiet that can be done in a group. It can be done by yourself, you know, all of those things. So
1: yeah, we're a big Lego, Lego family, huge Lego family. I hate puzzles, but I know you guys love puzzles.
0: I don't like keeping track of them. I don't like them. Alas, here we are.
1: Mm-hmm. <gasps> um, I wanted to tell you this, too. As far as keeping them busy with responsibilities, I, I think maybe we talked about in another episode about every child picking a room in the house. And this is what I did for summer. I gave I gave them the choice of two rooms or a garden bed or two garden beds and a room. There you go. So it's pretty cool. Like you see them go out and they're weeding. They're checking on their bed. Yeah. You know, one has the radishes. One has the lettuce. There you go. And it makes my load a little bit lighter and it gives some some stake in the game as far as the food. Mm-hmm. Sure. Production and consumption. And the process and, and the education that goes along yeah. with growing crops. And yeah. Yeah. So that's been I love a great that. way to uh, keep the house clean. Well, and and just in garden season, and keep a, a handle on all the weeding and yeah. all the things out there. You know, and part of that just kicks back to trusting this this process and kind of
0: how we started this episode that education is not just something that happens in school time. Right. It's your kids learning how to identify weeds, uh, learning mm-hmm. how to grow food, learning how to have responsibility when it comes to keeping a room cleaned. You know, all of those things. Everything we've talked about today, it all fosters that idea of we want lifelong learners, we want you know good citizens, we want contributors, we want creators. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are designed for that. So, so don't um, you know your kid doesn't have to be some sort of weird prodigy on the violin or no. or, a, or a science whiz or you know ace their math test. That that's great if they do, and if they're that type, mm-hmm. perfect. That's that's not every kid. You know, some kids. Right love monarchs. And some kids (laughs) love doing puzzles. And like, those are okay things too. Those are good things.
1: Right. Yeah. Why not just spend the summer, um, fanning all those good flames and enjoying them Yeah, Mm -hmm. and seeing them,
0: you know, so often we can get so textbook curriculum oriented that we fail to see our children and their imagination and their creativity and, you know, they're them as individuals. We just shove them through. So on that note, there are a on bunch of footsteps note, coming down the stairs.
1: I know. I've got a teenage boy. You can hear him yeah. down there. No filter. I don't
0: Just know. <laughs> I need like one of those radio like recording. Right? The red, red light. light if you come air. down two, <laughs> three children are downstairs right now. So cue the
1: music. Cue the music. Make, Make sure it. you are following us yes. over on Instagram. Yes. At Homemaker Chic Podcast. If you are feeling inspired by today's show and you're like, okay, I need some ideas. I want to keep going with us. I would get a copy of the girls adventure book and the boys adventure book. We'll post those over on Patreon and on Instagram as well. And we'll make sure that we hash out all all the
0: resources we touched on. We'll put those out in the show notes. Absolutely. Angela will. Be sh- I
1: will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. Yes. Uh, be sure to show some love to our sponsors today, Jovial Foods and American Blossom Linens. Yes. Shay, okay. That's it. Forgetting it. No, that was oh, lovely. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Which is good because
0: I need to go and finish schooling my children. Okay. <laughs> I haven't quite finished that. Well, you have time. I've got time. It's all good. All right. Thanks for joining us here, ladies and Frank. And and there's actually another Frank, but I forget Two his Franks. name. Somebody said, I've got my Frank too, and I'm going to find his name. We, oh, I saw that. What was his name? I don't know.
1: She just well, said, he's I've he's here.
0: All of you. Uh, another lady told us that her eight-year-old loves, she's like, I'll find him. He snuck my phone <laughs> listening to the podcast, <laughs> which is great. Hello to you <laughs> too, you, good terrible. sir. Uh, All right. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you Monday. Cheers. Cheers.